Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. We're back and it's a yes, yes, yes. Stoke won. Fantastic result. And also, the mighty Valiants got smashed. 4-0 at Exeter. Oh, that's tough. I mean, I would like to say that your prediction about Stoke was wildly inaccurate as normal. And I know you're not going to give me any credit for getting the prediction right. We scored two. They fluked nothing. And um, I think I'm 1-0 up in the prediction league now, aren't I? No, I'm 1-0 up because you predicted 2-1, not 2-0. I predicted a 2-0 <laughs> defeat and I predicted 2-0 defeat at Millwall, so I'm 1-0 up. So before you start changing the Kelty, I'm still winning. Right. Yeah. Also... These, these rules is the wrong rules, you know. But anyway, I'll let you off because I thought, um, look, one swallow doesn't make a summer, unless, of course, you're an Exeter fan. And I thought we played... Much well, it was harder not to play as bad as they played at Millwall, but I thought they played really quite well first half. Second half, I didn't think we were great. I thought there were signs that we could get uh, easily pied past it down the middle. If somebody puts a long ball over the top at the moment, I'm not sure our defence are good enough to, to deal with it. And Blackpool started to do that more in the second half, but we won. Uh, it's been a good weekend, it could even get better while we're talking. Uh, and I'm ready if you are to do the prediction. The, uh, you know, the, the player ratings. ratings and then the predictions for Morecambe and Huddersfield. Right, but before we go into that, United are losing 2-1 at Brighton. I knew it, they were 2-0 down, that's why I said the weekend could get even better. Oh, oh um, it's, it's... But you mustn't, you mustn't laugh at people who have a downfall. I mean, we're laughing at the veil and they could go on and do... Um, Wondrous things, you know, next week. Uh, Leicester were beating Brentford 2-0. It's currently two each. Well, you never know, because we could have a great season where Vale go down, which would be brilliant. All our little faces, that would be great. But anyway, there is a bit of bad news. Arsenal did win. So yeah, we have, there's always a bit of a cloud, isn't there? There's always something there that ruins it, and Arsenal winning always ruins my weekend. But it was picked up quickly, because we're going to go into that now, and that is... The 2-0 win over Blackpool, a great performance, and we go straight in with Joseph Basic. He didn't have much to do, did he, really? Um, it, what he had to do, he did OK. He had that one uh, where the ball was fished across by the guy that ripped us apart last year, the wingy guy. Um, I can't remember his name. Bolden, was it? Bolden? Bolden. Anyway... He didn't get onto it, but he didn't have much to do. What he did, he did okay, so I'm going to give him a seven. I'll give him a steady six because, to be honest, he was watching like I was, really. He might as well have just put himself in the stand and he watched watch the game, really, yeah. to be honest. He watched with apprehension, he watched the class. And that's just what it was. I think he, he had an easy game, an easy afternoon, and that's a good sign because when was the last time we had a comfortable afternoon for a goalkeeper? It's, I know, I know. it's been a real long time. Then you worry, don't you? Yeah. I think it was Huddersfield last year where we absolutely battered him and still drew the game 1 1. Yeah. It has happened. But anyway, we're digressing. We're going to move straight in now for Action Hero, the man who's completely proved me wrong within. What, a week? And that is Clark. Well, I don't think it, they have to be a, an action hero to um, to sort of, how can I put it, prove you wrong every week because you are basically wrong every week. So, for me, Clark's goal was good. I thought his celebration wasn't great. I asked him about it after and he was a bit embarrassed. He was far more willing to go forward 
yesterday at Millwall. He looked terrified when he crossed the halfway line. I'm still thinking there's a lot of work to do defensively for him, and him being a defender, that's more important. But I'm going to give him a 7 2. I'll go in with a solid eight, actually, for Clark yesterday. I thought he was really good. He was a nuisance. He was running up and down the flank, which I didn't think he had the ability to do from watching the friendlies and the Millwall game. But it seemed like he was given a bit of licence and he ran up and he, he took his chance great as well, let's be honest. The celebration, I think he needs Angie's head and shame. I think that was very disappointing. Well, um, he was well, he would have got a 10 if it wasn't for the celebration. I've got to be honest. I thought, oh, no, what's he doing there? Especially when he's got no air. He just looked like um, Phil Mitchell designed to do a swan dive. But to be honest, he would, he really impressed me yesterday. And he's put me, he's put some confidence in me. I'm a, I'm a lot more cheerful today because of what's happened. It was a good display yesterday from Clark. Because I thought we need another right wing back from his performances before yesterday but now we know he can do it he's got that agility to get up and down the pitch I agree I think he needs improved defensively which is weird when he's he was brought up in a youth team where he was a centre-back yeah. to then be moved as a right-back and then now all of a sudden Stoke have gone yeah let's give him a go at right wing-back you never know he might be alright and he did alright yesterday but he's got to improve his crossing and defensively that's a bit shocking for a man who used to be a centre-back, I've got to be honest. But other than that, it was a good display. Right, now we move into... I'm sorry, I just have to give you some breaking news. What? The weekend just got better. Why? Because United have lost two oh, I can't wait, go in work on Monday. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be brilliant. The Vale fans are going to be hiding. The United fans are still... Well, I don't think they've ever not hidden since Ferguson left. But anyway, let's go back to player 18s. Ben Wilmot... Next, okay. yeah, yeah. I like Ben Wilmot, but when he takes the ball forward, I get a bit worried. Um, I, I, I feel for him because I don't think he's been playing in his rightful position. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was bad. He's getting a six. Yeah, he's getting a seven from me. I thought he was really good yesterday, Wilmot. Fair enough, he had two very nervy moments where we thought, oh dear God, no, not again. He is out of position, so he'll always get a bit more leeway with me, which is why he always gets an higher mark. It's not because he's my favourite player, because, well, he, he, he isn't. I'm struggling to think who is. But anyway, at the moment, it's Clark. But yesterday, I thought he did well. He made things look simple as well, which was good yesterday. Blackpool... Just just hit a brick wall every time they went into him. I thought he was really good yesterday. Right, so now we move into another hero for me, Taylor. I think Taylor was the best player for us at Millwall, uh, although he, we did mention it, he, he didn't cover himself in glory for the goals, but neither did anybody else. But I actually thought he was the best player again. Um He's, he's got a class future in front of him, I think. I can't wait to see him and, and Suter on, on the pitch together. But I, ju I just thought he, he looked assured with everything he did. Um, for that reason, I'm giving him an eight. Uh, he's, getting another, he's getting a seven from me. I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. And for me, he's now, he's now a part of the team. I think he's one of the first players on the pitch. And he's kicked Jaggy Elker out, an experienced pro. I thought he did his job brilliantly yesterday. He's taken to it like a duck to water, hasn't he? Let's be honest. I mean, he's come into this team and we thought there might be a few shaky moments, but wow, he's really impressing me. And he looks like another in the mould of Harry Suter, doesn't he? I mean, Suter alongside him where we haven't got Clanger in the middle next to him, but I, I, I think this is a good sign. I think it's, well, not a good signing, but a good player that's come through again. 
we've done it again, Andrew, another good, good quality young player. Yeah. Right, then we move on to the complete opposite, um, an oil tanker who was not very young, Aidan Flint. I find it quite difficult to say anything about Flint other than he's big and he gets his head on the ball, but I just think he's pretty immobile. And in the second half, when Blackpool resorted to the long ball down the middle, I thought we struggled, and I think a decent team will do that against Stoke this season unless we change our defensive shape or get another person in. Um I just don't think he's strong enough in certain situations. And he had that chance in the in the first half where the ball came down. It took an eternity, if you remember, and he was trying to turn and score. And he, he looked a bit like Bambi on ice at that point. For me, um, he's a stopgap measure. I don't think he's he's been brought in for anything other than to cover for Suter. Um, I think Jagielka will play at Morecambe. And if Jagielka plays well, I think Jagielka might take his place. But he's getting a five. Uh, it gets a six from me, to be fair. I think you're being a little bit harsh on him. And I mean, I've been very harsh since he's come into the club, I'll be honest. But he didn't lose an header all game. He, he is quite strong. I think Yates found a tough afternoon because of him. Um, I was really impressed with, with him in the air. But I've agreed and said so many times that I don't think he's going to be flying at this level. I think he's he's lost his legs. But, you know, he, he I don't think he's good enough. And I, I'll say that clearly. I think he is just a stopgap. Till suitors fit now, Con it's Connor Taylor's coming as well. I think we are starting to see a good young, solid back three when Suter comes back. So there is positives coming out. I think Flint's only in for the season anyway. Well, let's hope he is anyway. Right now we move in for me easily man of the match, Josh Tymon. Well, I don't think it's easy. I thought Connor Taylor ran him um, a good race. The only reason I would give Tymon man of the match is because he. He set up both our goals, uh, and he should have had another assist with that free kick when Flint should have scored. But um, and I'm not having a go at Flint. I'm just saying he should have had another one. So I thought Timon, as I say, made both the goals, and for for that he's getting a nine. Uh, he's getting a solid nine from me as well, Timon. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. His mouth was not open at all during the get ninety minutes. And I thought he was... He, he, this is what I mean about him. He, he can be very frustrating timing, can't you? Because, because, I mean, if he puts performances in like that, his deliveries were brilliant. I thought he linked up well with Clark as well. They were moving at the right tempo, the right pace. The team was moving in, in a good angle. And I thought his crosses were brilliant. They were in there. I agree, he should have got three. And I think he had a chance... It was early second half when he broke through and did make the wrong decision. Yeah. But I've got to be honest... The only thing that's worrying me is, you know, how he limped off late on. Cause... Now we move on to a new player that I heard this week on Praise and Grumble. Le, who's a central midfielder. We're going to him next, Ange. Yeah, well, Le, which I think is long. Um, I thought he got, grew into the game more and more as it went on. I don't think he was great in the first half. I thought he put himself about a bit more in the second half. So, Le, he's getting a six from me because... He wasn't that brilliant. Yeah, I thought he was all right, to be fair, yesterday, Laurent. I thought, you know I mean? He went close with a good strike from distance. He's, that's a good yeah, weapon that we've, we've found. You know, he's got a good good hit on him. Um, I still think, think he's playing too deep, to be honest. But he breaks the play up well and he gets his feet in well, doesn't he? he, he he's, more, he's more of an enforcer-type player than, than I thought he was going to be for Stoke. I, I'm not sure that that's his 
main role for Stoke, but at the moment, um, he's doing well. Well, yeah, it's a position he's that I'll... He's strong as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's strong as an ox. He, he reminds me a lot of Daryl Russell, I've got to be honest. He was good at that, at destroying play. And Laurent is, is, is doing that well so far. He, he looked a bit out of shape against Millwall, but today I think he, he's settling in, as we'd say. So he, he gets a six from me. Right, so we'll go into Nathan... No, not Nathan. Baker. It is Nathan, isn't it? <laughs> Mine's just gone complete pong there. I don't know what it is. It is, ba- it is Nathan, isn't it? I thought it was Lewis, but there you go. Oh, Lewis, that's it. <laughs> who we're getting confused with. I think it's a player from Baker the 90s. Jones. No, it's a player from the 90s who played for Vale. Right, so let's go carry on. God, you do worry. Folks, if you're listening to this podcast... <laughs> This is not me and Nigel Johnson. This is me and what's your name again? Ian uh, John. <laughs> right, it's um, right, who are we talking about? Uh, Baker. Lewis Baker or Nathan Baker? We don't mention Nathan Baker. I think he scored a goal against us years ago and they, they won. So we'll go straight into Lewis Baker. Right, I thought Baker looked quite good in the partnership with Laurent. Um, and... They, they were quite good at passing to the ball to each other when they were quite close to each other. Um, so, again, uh, I'm going to give Baker a seven. Uh, he, he gets an eight from me, actually, yesterday. I, I thought he was... You remember his name and you're just thinking you're going to keep him as good. Well, come on, there's a lot of players I don't know the first name on this squad. I'm just going to put it out there. But Lewis, I'm going to keep saying Lewis, is going to be... I, I thought he did well yesterday. I thought he was controlling the play a lot. I thought he did some good leadership, but there was a lot of shouting about as well that he was doing. Yeah. And I, I thought he, he controlled the game. I thought Blackpool were out of it midfield-wise because Baker was controlling. He was doing his enforcer roles as well as keeping possession. And to be honest, I think time, both for time and chances he broke through for the crosses were by Baker as well. So... Much better after last week. I mean, last week I thought he was the worst player on the pitch against Millwall, but today a lot better. I thought Baker impressed me, but I don't know if that's because their midfield was weak, but we can only play against who we're playing against, can't we? So he gets an eight from me. Right, now we move into a player that really did impress me. And it's not because he looks like a villain from Thunderbirds, it's because he was brilliant, and that's Smallbone. I thought he was far far better going forward than I expected. I thought he was when he came on at Melbourne. He showed some good touches. Um, his defensive work leaves a little bit to de- be desired, but I thought there was there was lots of good things about him yesterday. And um, I would have, if it hadn't been for time and given him man of the match, so I'm giving him an eight. Uh, again, he gets an eight as well. I, th- I thought yesterday him coming in for Klukas was the missing piece, really. I thought his attacking play was brilliant. The way yeah, he was. But Ian, when he attacks, don't you think that he sometimes um, he's a bit too eager? He, he, he plays the ball a little bit earlier than he should do for me. He's just a bit eager. I think I think that's because he's a bit rusty, isn't he? I think once he starts getting his his head in it and gets a bit more consistent, which will come with playing games. Because you've got to remember, he hasn't played a lot of football over the last year, two years. So I believe that that he'll improve at that. I think that will come. I think he was a big part of the improvement last yesterday. I think him coming in for Klukas, I think he was keeping us high up the pitch. Because before, the ball was getting in high areas and then we were losing it. Klukas was losing it or Baker was too high. With a player like Smallbone, it's releasing that midfield so there's somebody who can become a better version of Nick Powell for me, which is 
break forward but also help with the midfield duties whereas Powell just sits up there and waits for it and, and it leaves a lot of pressure on for example around in Bakey so yesterday the link up work he did the way he was breaking forward he was very creative and very aggressive with the way he was running forward as well so I think he's only going to improve Ange from what I saw so he gets an 8 from me he's a really strong debut, full debut for me Right, so now we move into Dwight Gale. I thought he still looks a little bit off the pace, but I thought he was his running was great. He was willing to run all the time. He's clearly a, been a class act. Uh, I think he'll get better and better. He obviously needs somebody that can hold the ball up with him. Um, he looks sharp in and around the box, and as I say, his link up play is really good. So. Uh, a little bit more work and a little bit more... I don't know whether he'll play midweek. He might bring him on if needed. But uh, I, I look at him, I think he's he, he could be the missing piece if we can get somebody to hold the ball up for him. He's getting an eight. Uh, he's getting a seven from me. Uh, I thought he was good yesterday. He's not fit, that, that's clear to say. Um, but he, he had a couple of good snapshots and they were both on target. That's something that was like... That's an improvement. That's a real improvement. Because before, I mean, last season, you had Fletcher, you had Brown, and sometimes we were having snapshots and they were hitting corner flags. I've got to be honest. But this time, and he was so close as well. If he wasn't for Grimshaw making that save, it could have yeah. been a dream home debut for him, really. So close. And he's got that quality that we've been missing, Auntie. He's The problem is with Campbell. We know how good he is in the box when he gets the opportunity. But Gale, he's got that class at this level. You know, it's like Mitrovic, who's now, to be honest, sitting in the Prem. But, you know, you know in the Championship, half a chance, he'll score. And yeah, he's, definitely. In those, you can see those knives are sharpening. Brown's got to be a bit better alongside him, if that's what we're going to stick with. But a solid seven. And now we move on to Brown. Uh, I thought his goal was excellent. Um, I... I still don't think he's a target man. You can't fault his work rate. Uh, he'll run all over the pitch for you. I think he's improved dramatically since we've had him. Um, as I say, the volume was excellent. But apart from that, I think he's maybe not at his best yet because he's had quite a long summer in terms of football. So a seven for me. Uh, he gets an eight from me, actually, Brown, yesterday. He took his chance beautifully. Fantastic goal and I fell in love with him. And now my favourite player, which... A lot of people would change, but he has got to improve on his knockdown stuff. And I, I like how he's Walter's Walter style running, where he runs around and keeps everybody on the toes, especially in the opposition. And he does take the odd chance, which is great. And he's he's back, he's up and running already. But he's got to learn to knock on and learn to create chances for Gale. He's got to learn that because he's going to lose his place in the team, isn't he? Because we know once Gale's up and firing, he will be our main man. So Brown's got to learn to play alongside him for me. And that's the yeah. thing that, that I'm, I'm saying about Brown. He's got to change his game and, yeah, I think you're right. and, and be a knock-on man because if he doesn't, he'll lose his place. So yeah. for me, good, good signs though. Brown, brilliant. Right, so we're moving to the substitutions and Campbell for Gale. I don't think Campbell's up to pace. I think he's way off the pace, to be honest. Um... And he's getting a five from me. He's actually getting a four from me, Campbell. Um, he's got to start improving. 
I've, I've, I'm having enough of it now. I know he was a bit of a hero in that first time with uh, O'Neill, where he looked like he, he was going to be a top, top player. But since he's come back from that injury, and that injury recovery has been a while now, let's be honest, it's been well over 12 months. And I'm sitting here now saying he's got to improve his game. Yesterday, he came on the pitch. He had an opportunity to impress and maybe keep Gale out the team. And what did he do? Absolutely nothing. I can't remember him touching the ball. I can't remember him doing anything with the ball, really. He, he, I think he touched it twice when, when he came on for Gale. And we actually looked attackingly more weaker when he came on. Yeah. We, we were creating chances still when Gale was on. But when Campbell came on... Everything stopped. We started sitting back a bit. We started defending because every, nothing was sticking. So for me, Campbell's got to improve on that. And then you're going to have to go, Klukas for Smallbone. Um, I was glad that Klukas didn't start the match because I thought he was so bad after the first 10 minutes at Millwall. When he came on, he didn't really do a great deal wrong. He didn't do a great deal right. In fact, um, I'll give him a six. Uh, he gets a five and that's it because the only thing he did was come on. Right, so now we do as Thompson for Tymon. Well, that was purely, I think, because Tymon was a little bit tired at the end and I don't know what Thompson's done not to get a start. But uh, he wasn't on long enough, really, was he, to, to, to get a mark. But I'm going to give him a six because I don't want to give him the same mark as Campbell. Um, he gets a five for me as well, Thompson. Let's be honest, he, he just ran on the pitch, didn't he? Really? <laughs> yeah, he ran on nicely. Yeah, come on, Ange. You can't be giving people a six for running on the pitch nicely. <laughs> um, I think Thompson's days are numbered at Stoke, um, especially with the... Well, not numbered, because Smallbone's only alone, unless we can sort of deal out. I uh, think I think he's a good player. I'm not sitting here saying he won't, but I don't think he'll be a starter. And I've always had that belief, really. I think he's a decent player, don't get me wrong. I think he's a good utility man. But, you know, when you've got players like Smallbone who impress like that, it's going to be very hard to get in that team. And you're going to have to remind me who else didn't get, get on the pitch of the subs because I genuinely can't remember. Um, oh, sorry, here we go. Bonham, who's still at the club. Jaggy Elkit, Kilkenny... And right, Phillips. Well, you know, when you um, talk about it, right, Phillips will probably play midweek. Kilkenny will play uh, midweek. McCarran, who I was told yesterday by Dean Holden, got a little bit of an injury in the under-23, but he'll be fit to play. Jaggy Elk will play and Bonham will play. So that, I think that's part of your team sorted for, for Morecambe. Um, and I think it's a really important game, Morecambe. Because you've got to get minutes in the legs of these players that have hardly played, and they want to win. Plus the fact that Eric Morecambe's statue's there, and I know there's a lot of Stoke fans are going just to see that. Eric Morecambe, who, yeah, we, we all know him well. Um, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I, I think I've seen him on TV once. He, he does some strange dance, doesn't he, where he scoops his ear or something? Is that right? Yes, yeah, he's actually, he was a very funny comedian, unlike us two. Well, you speak for yourself. <laughs> right, so now we'll move into Morecambe, actually. We'll, we'll go into a little bit of depth about this one. This is the first League Cup match of the season for us, and it's an important one for me, because I want a good cup run, Ange. Yes, me too. And um, when, when you look at the results yesterday, Morecambe got absolutely battered at Peterborough 3-0. So you would think that they'll be having a point to prove and I don't know what whether their their lineup will change significantly 
but when I, I looked down at their the names in their teams, I have to say there weren't too many um, that I knew. Uh, Jake Taylor, I know the name Jake Taylor, I know, and Connor Ripley, the goalkeeper. But for us, uh, as I said earlier, I think there will be quite a few changes. Not um, not massive change. I think he will maybe be tempted to rest Gale and keep him um, in case we need to win. But in, in these cup matches, we've always tried to play a team that will win the match. And that's something I like about O'Neill. Um, he does want to, to get as far as he can in every competition that he can. But it isn't going to be easy, is it? They're never easy, because when you play the first division side, then you're, this is like their cup final, isn't it? Yeah, Morecambe, I think it'll be a tough in Morecambe because they're one of those teams that sort of float around, aren't they? They, they, They've done well to be where they were because I remember when I was young, they were, I think, a conference North North teams. I remember when I used to play on the old football manager. I know I was one of them when I was younger. Very addictive game, by the way. When I was on there, Morecambe were there. So, you know, that now them being the same level as, as Vale and being above Vale is quite surprising when they were in the Championship when I was young. It's crazy. But when we look at their squad, I think we should do these. I mean, I'll be honest, I want to see a change in formation to see if we've got a plan B. And I think sometimes when you play against lesser teams in the in the Carabao Cup, I think it's a good chance for us to change things around to see if something works better. You know, right, Phillips is probably going to get in, Campbell, and saying that, we'll go through a squad. What's your team for the game? Well, I think for certain that Jack Bonham will play in goal. Don't you? Uh, yes. Unless Fielding, who to be honest was my number one choice at the start of the season, <laughs> goes in. Yeah, bottom in. Uh, I, bottom. I think he will certainly play. I'm not sure whether um, the back. Oh God. I, I've just got a feeling that Dehaney will play uh, and Fox will play. No, no, we don't want Fox playing, man. Come on. But I mean, they will because they're part of the squad. Got a squad number. We will play them. Yeah, but we don't need Fox. I mean, there's there's other play. I'd rather a kid. All right. Then who you gonna have as the fullback? Um, I'd put Sparrow on right wing back because that's his position. You are. Not going up. Well, I, don't ruin my eleven. This is why I'm paid to do this. Well, I'm not paid. I'll be honest. I do it for free. But right. I do Sparrow it right wing back. I'd go with Taylor again. I'd probably put Will Motting because he got the legs. I'd put, I will put Wilmot in uh, definitely, and I'd play Jaggy Elkin. Yeah, instead of Flint, yeah, I would. Right, I'd, I'd... So, so we only disagreeing then on the full-backs. Who are you having in instead of my two? Um, well, I don't see Morgan Fox, so I'd, I'd give McCarran a run out at left wing back, see what he can do. The lad we got from Leeds, a Scottish lad. Yeah. Um, in the midfield, Kilkenny can come in. I would play small boat bon, bone again because I want him up to speed, so we need to get him as much game time as we can at this moment. Oh, and I'll probably have to put Klukas in because. I think he'll play Klukas, yeah. Um, and then up front? Up front, I'd play right Phillips with Tezgel. Who? Tezgel. No, he's not going to do that. Why is he not going to do that? Because I think he might bring him on later on. I think you'll play Campbell and Gamadia. Well, that could work. I mean, if if he drops back. I don't think you fling him in 
um, at this stage of, of, of the competition. I, I, I want to see him though. I want, I want to see this lad get in the game because. Not because you want to see him does not mean the manager has to play him. Well, he should listen then, shouldn't he, Mark Clooney? and start learning off, off me. Get Tez Gel in. I want to see what he can do. He could be the next Wayne Rooney. You right. never know. Right. And based on how we do in that game, which I predict, um, I predict Stoke will win on penalties. Wow. Um, I think we'll win this 2 0. Well, the reason I'm picking penalties is because it's a midweek match. I'm there, and it'll be a late night coming back. Well, it will be up there. Yeah, just just stay away from the beach. There's a lot of quicksand. We don't yeah. want you, we don't want you getting lost. If we lose, then um, that's good to know. But uh, <laughs> talking about the, the beach, which rhymes with pitch, if you're very posh, did anybody notice that the the pitch? was smaller yesterday. I did, yeah. Yeah, you could still actually faintly see uh, line markings from last year, which made me laugh, because the, the pictures, you know, it, it's it, it's changed. But you could sort of see the impression on the outside where it was. But do you think it made a difference yesterday? I think it did, yeah. I, I think it genuinely did. I think because we weren't... Because I think the problem is with this way we play... We need to be as close in as possible, so that we, we when we play on a bigger pitch, it leaves gaping holes because they're moving into different positions. And I think the closer in they are, the easier it is to defend. And I noticed with Wilmot a lot where he didn't have to do a lot of sprinting to catch back up to for people who'd overlapped. It, I think it has made a difference. I think it is a bit of a master stroke, and it was a master stroke that Pulis did years ago by making it wider, wasn't it, and bigger. Yeah, and making the grass longer. But uh, while we're talking about uh, that match yesterday, I have noticed, and I, and I think it's probably intentional from yourself, um, that when Stoke win, you never rate Michael O'Neill. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, you know, when we lose, you're saying, um, what score would you give Michael O'Neill? Oh, we, we didn't. We didn't do it last week, though, Ange. So I'm giving him an eight for yesterday. I'm going. I'm going to give him a solid four. Um, right. So when we move on, <laughs> we we haven't done it. We didn't do it against Millwall, Ange. So you can't say that because we didn't do a player rated against Millwall. We'll, if you want, we'll bring that back in next week. Yes, I want. Right. Okay. We'll bring in the referee rating again and the manager rating and the performance well, I rating. Actually. Give the referee a ten yesterday. I thought he was great. He was. He was a brilliant ref. If if we can get him every week, I'm happy. But. Yes. Go back to the Morecambe game. I told you penalties. Right, you're saying penalties. I'm going 2-0, both of them Campbell. Okay. I'm going 5-4 penalties. <laughs> if that happens... If that not, happens, I've won the whole season prediction. I will not be happy. <laughs> if, yeah. that one, if that I one comes up. Well, I would be happy because they're through, but I wouldn't be happy. Like, How was she predicting that? But saying that, that was like the semi-final when I predicted 4-0. I mean, come on, whoever would have thought that? And it's yeah. like sometimes they say, go as high as possible and you do as well as possible. But before we talk about the next game, what's the latest news on the ladies, Anne? The latest news on the ladies is um, I drifted up to Community Drive today um, just on the off chance that they might be there practising or playing and they were actually in a pre-season friendly and you know, if you've not been to Community Drive, uh, as I suspect you haven't, Ian, because you've just suddenly decided that ladies' football is cool, uh, women's football, sorry, as we have to call it now. How dare you? 
uh, women's football is cool now. So anyway, I went. I couldn't believe how many people were watching. It was really quite a healthy turnout, and it was a friendly, and there was no no cost involved. So anybody that wanted a free fix of football yesterday, having said that, if you're a season ticket holder at Stoke, it's free anyway. It's only two quid if not, and a pound for a child. I was really impressed with the standard of our team, and um, they look really fit. So in terms of the physical preparation they must have done over this summer seems to have paid off. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching some uh, real league games which start at the end of the month. And I thought, you know, we ought to go up there, Ian, at some point and, and support them. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea to me. I've, I've, I've been up a few times to there to watch the ladies. I watched a bit of a Tanya a couple of times as it's well. women now, Ian. We have to call them women. I'm not being pedantic. It is women's football. Uh, women's football then. Yeah. Plus, I, I, I say that as in, it doesn't matter what sex they are as a player, it, 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 just footballers. But it, it's great to see how they're improving. I think this year there's been a little bit of improvement by the club because, I mean, last season was just an absolute embarrassment with the way the, the, the women's team was ran. And I'm hoping now... They, we're going to have a good season again because the, before last season, the improvement of the Stoke women's team was was fantastic. We were doing well, and I thought there's a chance we could get to WSL. But then the manager left, and then the foot, women's footballing director, director left because she wasn't given a contract or something, so she left to somewhere else. I'm hoping this year that we've learned from his lessons, and like you said, women's football's cool again now because they have brought it home. So. There's got to be improvement. So, what was the friendly result? Um, the friendly result was um, the reserves played and won, and the first team played and won. I can't remember the goal scores, to be honest. Uh, but I was really impressed with the standard of, of football. Well, that's that's it good was, to hear. That's good to hear. Honestly, it was really, really worth watching. Well, and, um, I'm not just saying that because I was there. I was really impressed and. It's nice to see Stoke have um, a young girl. I'm not going to name her because I don't want to um, alert people who might be listening to this podcast uh, as to how good she is. But if if Stoke can keep this very young girl, they'll have done remarkably well because she has a massive future in football. Well, let's hope that we improve and get into the WSL. How would you yeah, get into the WSL? It takes a while to do that. And I, and I think you, you're probably looking at... Um, uh, three, four, five more seasons to do that because there's a lot of money that has to be spent on that and also you're two, you're two seasons off aren't you so so um, it's it's just really important that they, they keep building on, on what they've done so far. It was, inter- it was really interesting to watch and I, I'm looking forward to going up there with you Ian and uh, after a home win on the Saturday for the men we go up and we get a home win for the women on the Sunday. Well, that's it. We'll sort one out when they're at home and we'll go and watch them. And hopefully there'll be a few at the ground again, at the Bet365 again, because the last two I went were there. But it's a bit strange how they don't allow them to play there every week. I, I can understand why, but... to do with that is, is, the, um, is the state of the pitch. I think you've got to give the, the, play, the staff the chance to repair the pitch and let it have a rest. Well, I don't agree. But anyway, okay. we'll, we'll move on. So we move on to now the next game, which is, Ange? Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Now this one, 
Should be an easy game. Huddersfield have lost all their best players. They've all gone Nottingham Forest. Toffolo and O'Brien, is it, who've gone up there. And we'll probably see them next season, to be honest, Forest, the way they started yesterday. But yeah, While we're on that subject, I know that you thought that uh, Sam Surridge was a brilliant player. He had a really good chance yesterday and um, it, he didn't take it well. And I know that's harsh because it was one chance, but it'll be interesting to see how he copes in that league. And I have never at one moment of my life said Sam Surridge is a good player, ever. Yeah, but you're not on air. Oh, I haven't, ever. <laughs> he was <laughs> crap. <laughs> I'm not saying he was saying he was, I'm, I'm glad he went. I'm just saying it wasn't a very good signing. That's all I'm saying, because he was crap. Um, I don't even know how he's got up there, to be honest, and even getting appearances, which makes sense. But Huddersfield, what do we reckon, Ange? This is gonna be, do you think it's going to be a tough one, or do you think this will be a comfortable one? Well, Huddersfield haven't had the greatest start to the season, have they? Well, they've lost all the players, and if if you if you look at how they've done, um, it's typical Stoke. They haven't got a point yet. It's typical Stoke thinking, mm, okay, we should win this, but we probably won't because of uh, the situation. I'm, I think it'll be a hard match. They've got a cup match midweek, a bit like us. Uh, I'd like them to win that cup match so that they've got. You know, they've got them not winning out of the system. Whether they will or not, I don't know. I think it'll be a tough match. And uh, uh, they're playing Preston in the Cup at home. Um, and that'll be a tough match for them too. And I think they're playing the same day as us. Um, so we've got no advantage of, of, of 24 hours extra. Uh, I'd take a draw now. Um, others feel that are going to have a tough season for me. Um, oh, definitely. They're going to definitely, because... They've let their two best, well, three best players have gone, yeah. and they've brought nobody in. Mm. Now, as a Stoke fan, we've done some moaning, but at least players have come in, and you know we have bought a player that's a bit of a luxury in this division in Gale, and I think there's probably two or three others that are going to be coming in as well. Now, at first, it looked like we brought in rubbish, but yesterday, when you see him putting it all together, and you you saw that squad that went out, we looked up, we looked good. When it clicked together and everything was moving right, we looked good. Especially with Smallbone, I think he, he is a real, real good signing from what I've seen already. When you look at Huddersfield, their, their best players have gone, and I think they're there for the taking now. You're probably right. I mean, I, I, I saw the highlights of them playing Birmingham. They, they lost to Burnley, which we saw um, a week ago, but I saw the highlights of them playing Birmingham, and Birmingham, everybody's tipping for a real difficult time. Birmingham should have been so far out of sight after the first half, but they, they Birmingham won two ones, and, and I just remember how we were shafted by the referee at Huddersfield last year, um, and I, I just hope that um, you know the football gods shine brightly on us this year. They, they will have a difficult time, but this championship is so hard, Ian, isn't it? You, you can't ever call it. I'd take a draw now. I, I agree, but I think when you look at the stats and you look at how Huddersfield are, because I know they are trying to do business, but it won't, it, I don't think it'll be done till the end of the window. So I believe we're just getting them at the right time now. Um, I think another player will come in next season. We'll do transfer rumours after this, obviously. But I think they're there for the taking. They're very weak. Defensively, they're all over the place. Left wing back, they haven't got one. They're having to play a kid. I think we could comfortably win this. Okay, so uh, 
I predict I'm going 1-1. One, one. Let's have Ian's wrong prediction again. I think we'll win 2-0. Okay. So I've gone for 3 5-4 on penalties. You've gone for 2-0. And you've gone for the same score again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing, it's not predictable. Well, it's not. It's not that. It's just that you know, if we can't beat Morecambe two 0 each time, pack in, um, and same with Huddersfield, really. Now it could change. You never know. Next week they might bring two or three players in. We don't know. I mean, I looked at their rumour mill. There's not really a lot happening from what I saw. I know they're interested heavily in Kelvin Davies. Is it the one that we were interested in? There's talk that that one might be done, but they didn't put a time on it. Um, I think it's with just getting him at the right time. This could be a really good point now for Stoke because, you know, if we can't beat that Huddersfield side, it's really struggling. They could go very defensive and, and scrape a nil-nil draw, but they have got nothing going forward, Ange. Their, their, their whole weapon last season, which was why they did so well, was Toffolo and O'Brien. And they've lost the forward. I just can't think of his name, the forward. But we've got to look at it as in as it is, and I think it's a good time to play Huddersfield. Now, last season we were robbed by the ref, and I think the home tie, we we absolutely battered him, but somehow drew 1-1. So I'm, I'm taking it that we, we've got a chance here, and we should go for them. We should gun at these. Small, small bone in, and, and Gale, I think Gale will score. I do, I think Gale will get up and running against Huddersfield, because they're there for well, the taking. I hope so. Oh, and when, you, you know, when we're talking about luck, and I said about the... the, the dreadful decisions at Huddersfield last year um, that Charlie Creswell uh, who scored the two goals against us he then goes you would think he would have another stormer from Illwall he then goes and gives away the daftest pass for Sheffield's goal and he just always seems to be the way things are uh, You know, somebody will have a blinder against us and then play rubbish somebody will play rubbish and then have a blinder so I'm not counting the chickens against Huddersfield it Momentum's a great thing, and if we beat uh, Morecambe, which we should, um, I'm looking forward to um, my one-all draw. But while we're talking about the, the matches, uh, I think Stoke had the fourth highest attendance in the Championship at the weekend. Sheffield United had 27, nearly 28,000. Norwich had just over 25. Bristol had 24 and a half, and then it was us with 23,612. Um, which which is, I know there was a ticket offer, but Burnley only had 19,628, which surprised me. Because, you know, when we came down, we kept our fans um, pretty buoyant for the first few matches. So that was, that was a surprise for me. Um, but anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. The ticket office deal obviously went down well. And with a win, you'd hope that some of those youngsters that were there uh, would come again. Interestingly enough, I, I bumped into a, a friend of mine who now lives in America who brought a, rather a large group of kids over while they were on tour to, to the UK for the game. And, and it's good when you get people from overseas coming back to watch the team, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a good thing what happened. The, um, so that's good. That's yeah, it is. It's good. I mean, the thing that I like about it is that I didn't expect to get that an attendance like that after what's been going on. You know, especially with all the defeats and all the humdrum because nobody was happy. I mean, I was putting like um, tweets up and putting things on Instagram and nobody was happy. It was all like all negative. It was like 80% people weren't happy and, and all this and, you know, 97% wanted Michael O'Neill out. I bet that'll change if I did it again. 
But you know, to get a good attendance like that is it's brilliant. Really, the atmosphere was great yesterday as well. I really enjoyed it yesterday, and it's the first time in probably probably since when we were doing well at the start of last season where it it, it felt good going. Because before the game, I was like, oh, here we go, we're going to lose here at Blackpool. But there was a good atmosphere. There really was. It was a good, it was a change yesterday. It was a lot of empty seats. We know that, but I thought it was a good atmosphere. Uh, well, are we into the transfer window now? Right, yeah, so we'll quickly gloss over all that great stuff I said. So now we'll go into the transfer window. Liam Delap, is it happening? Well, we don't know, and I don't suspect we will know until right at the end of the transfer window. Um, Manchester, Manchester City haven't got to make any decisions, have they, at this moment in time? Just gotta, they just wait and see. We had a chance of getting him, otherwise Michael O'Neill would have turned around and said... We've no chance of getting him. Uh, he's not confirmed or denied it. I'm sure Stoke are in for him. But it's ultimately going to be down to Manchester City and himself. And Liam Dillap will pick for Liam Dillap. His father will have no say in the matter. I know that while we're on the t- subject of uh, looking at players, Stoke are actually looking at um, a guy who plays for Fleetwood. I think his name's Pad- Pat. Um, and I know we're looking at him. He's another midfielder. Yeah, now that that one's a good one, because I've, I've heard good things about him myself as well. He's he's apparently been ripping it up in the youth levels of Northern Ireland. He's already got I think five caps or six. I think he's something like that. That could be a good one. Yeah, we we're still looking for a centre half as well, and we're still looking for um, a a pacey forward. I, I just I just don't know. I I'm, I think as I've said, need a a, a strong forward who can hold the ball up so that somebody like Gale can run off him and score and you're not going to get them in Poundland are you? Well no but I've heard and I don't know how true this is but I've heard it on the grapevine that Matt Clark should be done after the Morecambe game on loan till the end of the season from I'm not sure where he is Brighton sorry now that one is probably the best signing we could make at this point isn't it a proper left sided centre-back, which means we can release Wilmot onto the right and possibly could even get Taylor out on loan. I don't really want to get Taylor, Taylor out on loan, but that could be a really good signing. Yeah, I, I would like Taylor to stay now. He's, he's, he's played a couple of matches. Um, I think he, he, it's a bonus for him and I think it would be quite harsh on the lad if they let him out on loan now. He feels like he's part of the first-team squad. I'd give it all. No, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Um, so, we've covered the lap, we've covered Clark. Now, that Paddy we just kind of covered as well. There is one rumour that's flying around that I'm not 100% sure on, which has come up again. He's gone quiet for three months, but he's back up, and that's Andy Carroll. I can't see it happening, and I did laugh when you said that Paddy, because somebody will turn around and say that uh, you're being a bit racist there. I know what you meant, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, don't say that, because I'll, I'll cut it off. Um, <laughs> but, I know, but you're like, you know, it's um, Paddy Lane as opposed to Penny Lane. Yeah, that's what, well, we've got a song for him anyway. Yeah. But, um, Andy Carroll. I don't think that'll happen. I, I'm, the Josh Maggi one, I'm told, from people who are in supposedly in the know, that the team that he's playing for still want the full transfer for him and nobody's going to pay that. So that could even come up at the uh, very end of the... Right, magic. Yeah, I, 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 that could happen still. I think. I think that would be. I think he would. 
you know, if he's the thing is, will he have done much training? I think he would be work well. Um, I think there was a player in there, but that's something probably we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Madrid. I think Madrid. I think Madrid would be the ice on the cake. If we get Matt Clark. We get Pad- Paddy Lane. Nearly said Penny Lane. And if we could get Madger over the line as well, just to be that forward that can be the knock-on man, just to, just to bolster the squad, I think we're ready for the season then fully. Um, I'd rather Madger than the lap. And I know a lot of people will be screaming down the phone, but I think the lap is a player that's... I, he's, an un, he's an unknown quantity in Liam the lap. We don't know. He's young lad and, and putting all your eggs in the basket of a, what, a 20-year-old is... Um... It is a lot, and it's a lot for him too. But whatever, I mean, he's a class player, and I'm sure he'll go far. But he's not going to get into Manchester City's first team this year. They obviously rate him, and hopefully he'll come to Stoke. Well, that's what we're going to have to hope for. Right, so that's another one done, Ange. It's another good podcast. We've we've covered it. A bit of good news. Are you happy, Ange? Uh, I'm happy, uh, but you have there's one last thing that you haven't mentioned, and I'm I'm assuming that's because of your sense of modesty and that is the supporters council elections oh yes the next few days and i understand that uh, there's a rival for a position in the in the uh, stoke city supporters council of one mr ian Meller. so can i just wish you all the luck in the and um, hopefully everybody will look at the list and vote for the people that they think are the best uh, yeah, mainly me. That's what I'm hoping. No, I'm only joking. People go in and vote for whoever they want. I put my name in again this year, and it'll be the last if I don't get in. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I wish you luck, and um, whatever people do, whether they vote for Ian, myself, or anybody, please vote because you can't then turn around and moan that the council don't do anything if you haven't voted for your your candidate too. Yeah, that information is right. I am get putting myself forward for the elections this year. So if anybody of you wants to put a vote in, and please do vote, it, it means a lot. It's it, it, like Ange says: if if people don't vote, you can't moan of who's on the supporters council and who makes decisions. There's a lot I want to bring forward this year. I want a museum. I want a fan zone. I want to try my best to bring the connect between the club and the fans and bring it closer together i want to improve the social media there's a lot i want to improve on as well um and i've got a voice to say it let's be honest i do a podcast and i'm a voice for you i've got the podcast potter's group page i've got the potter's podcast instagram facebook if you want me to put something forward and i'm voted on just ask me the question and I'll put it forward in the meetings. I'll make sure that I am a voice for you, the fans, because that's what I feel like I am anyway by doing these podcasts. I don't just do them for me. I do it so that people, especially abroad and far and wide, have some kind of knowledge for this club. And I'd like to get more involved. I've been a fan since I was seven. I've been going ever since then. I've had a season ticket from seven onwards. I'm one of probably a few people that have been a season ticket holder for the old time at the Bet365 when it was a Britannia all the way through. So please, please, please vote for me. It means a lot. But also, if you are a first-time listener, you've found a link and you've got your own podcast platform, just type in the Potters Podcast. We're on everything. We're on Spotify. We're on Deezer. We're on everything. We're on iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, if you could do us a five-star review, it means a lot for the podcast. It means we get more noticed. And that's only good for the podcast and for Stoke. So thanks for listening. ta all the best.